0: When I was 18, uh, I had my first
1: car. Uh, I loved going in the fields and and having, doing some slides and and doing the fastest corner as possible. And I don't know why, but uh, it was like this. Uh, my my goal was to be the fastest in the corner. And then after the finish, you know, the last time control and. Uh in the harbor of, or the port of, of Monaco. It's like, wow, okay, enjoy the podium, A ceremony with, uh, you know, you are standing next to, next to Thierry, next to Roger, next to Helfer. Describe yourself, your character, your personality, but using only three words.
0: straight uh, straightforward guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to WRC Backstories our exclusive World
1: Rally Championship podcast presented by Vex Williams. Welcome back everyone to the WRC Backstories podcast. It's been only a few months since the last episode, but I have missed it. I have missed getting the insights and the background on people's careers within the WRC, whether they be competitors or make up the very fabric of the championship. We kickstart season four with an absolute powerhouse in the world of rallying, the world of motorsport in general, Michelle Mouton. A winner of four WRC events in the 80s, almost clinching the championship in 1982, she is still the only female driver to win a WRC event outright. I am sure many of you already know the career highlights the facts the figures the statistics we're not all about that here at wrc backstories we're about the character of the person how they have become the person they are today what has led them into motorsport what were they like in their formative years all those kind of questions we're all about the feels here really i've wanted to sit down with michelle and chat about her career for a long time and as with many of the guests previously on this podcast We could have talked for far longer because there's so much you want to ask. But I'm hoping in this hour and a half podcast, you'll get a real feel for all the emotions over the years, the highs, the lows and what makes up her personality. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Mouton have given her the big build-up that she absolutely deserves. Michelle Mouton is a true legend of the sport and I am so delighted that she has joined me to talk about her incredible life and career. Michelle, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. How are you today?
0: I'm fine, thank you to you.
1: It's going to be really lovely to to chat about your career. But, Michelle, I, I'm glad you're going to do it for me because I know you're not such a fan of talking about yourself. You like to talk about other people, but when it comes to yourself, you're very humble.
0: Maybe. Or, you know, another thing is that maybe I have been talking too much about my my career and myself. And nowadays, it's true that, you know, you feel all the time that you repeat and you repeat the same story again, because the story doesn't change, Uh, but you know, I am pleased to do it with you.
1: No, thank you very much, Michelle. Now we've had lots of drivers, co-drivers and people within the sport do this podcast. And I always ask a certain question at the start, and this is going to be the hardest question because the rest, you know, but I always (laughs) ask everyone to describe themselves, their personality, their character, in three words. If you were to choose any three words to describe yourself, what would they be?
0: I will say determined.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I will say honest. And I will say strong character.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I can absolutely agree with all of those words. Um, Earlier today, I I put out a little post on on social media to say, you know, I'm chatting with you today. Anybody have any questions? And my goodness, the response from people and the questions they want to ask, we'll we'll get to all of those eventually. But I really wanted to talk to you um, to kick off with about mini Michelle, the early years of Michelle Mouton going back to when you were young, because I think many of us we know the story of your competition mm-hmm. days and and all the success but what's really fascinating to a lot of us is how it how it even got to that i mean when we're talking young michelle growing up in the south of france mm-hmm. what what were those days like what were you like in school were you a, a good school student yeah i was
0: quite quite good yes i was quite good but uh, you know uh, always always uh, last minute you know studying my lesson just before going to school, or, you know, I, how to say, I was, um, I was quite intrepid, very active, mm-hmm. very sportive. I always did any sport, tennis, volleyball, uh, skiing, I love skiing. And, you know, I grew up in um in a, uh, you know, in the countryside, because my parents were growing flowers for the perfume in Grad, um, and so we were always different family living quite close together, and and so a group of friends, and among the group of friends, of course, a lot of boys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but anything they were doing, I will I would follow. You know, I was never scared of, for example, I will say. Um, uh, if, if, if they were going to build a tree house in the olive tree, I was climbing up with them, no scare at all. They were playing bull, I was playing bull, uh, even marbles. Uh, uh, how to say, I everything they were doing, I was not scared. Everything was for me okay. So I was a very active young girl. And uh, okay, uh, my mother could say, Maybe she was a little bit like, a, do you say like a tomboy? Tomboy, Gastric, yeah. in French. Yeah. But she's still a pretty girl. You know, she <laughs> was saying, she mean with, with the character, I I was really doing what they were doing. But then I was also a young girl, and uh, you know, loving everything that girls like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah,
0: I was this kind of uh, young girl.
1: So you were, you were an explorer. Would would you say you had a competitive nature as well as a, as a young woman, as a young girl?
0: Yes, because I was ready for anything. I I, I would say that uh, if the boys at that time would have said, uh, "We are going to steal a bank," I would have followed immediately. You know, not not nothing stopped me. Nothing scared me. And. and- uh,
1: that yeah. obviously carried on, you know, yeah. in, in, into your... Into <laughs> Luckily, your they
0: did never proposed that, so it wasn't <laughs> <a thing. laughs>
1: Yeah, you would have been behind bars. We would never have yeah. got to see Michelle Mouton behind the wheel. Yeah, so but, what... you
0: know, for example, just to, to give you an example, uh, my father has been very strict with me
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I was young and not with my sister because she was completely the opposite, you know, very discreet, uh, staying at home, cool... Not sportive at all, and so I was. I was mad because with me was very strict, and I said with my sister, you you allow her yes, but I know I know why, and I I think this is a point. He knew my character, and uh, so this is just a, uh, to to give you an example to understand.
1: Yeah, but that's a great example. So so growing up, were, were you even thinking about you know the the future of what you would be doing as a career because I know rallying yeah. came quite a bit later yeah you know in your twenties that you discovered rallying but what were you thinking when you were growing up in your yeah when
0: I, I I was not thinking until you know you 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 pass your baccalaureate and then you have to decide which university you are going what you will do I never thought about that before because of working was not really in my mind. <laughs> But then when I had to decide, uh, I choose a lot this, I don't know how to say in English. Yeah, you know, you have those uh, young people who are not doing the right things. I, I decided to work with delinquent people who are, were not maybe on the, the right road mm-hmm. um, and, um, and socially difficult situation. And I started to to work with that, and um, and then uh, and then it was during that time I was uh, um, and I I was working in in Grenoble at that time, and um, I had my Renault 4 4L, you know, it was my Renault 4, and uh, I remember that uh, when I was coming back on the weekend to Grasse, I was all the time, looking the time, ah, I did four hours, next time I need to, to do less, and alone on the car, but not thinking about anything, because, uh, you know, I never, I my parents were not at all in, in the motorsport world, and uh, so nobody talked about anything, so it was just that I have, a, you know, I love to drive, and um, I was doing that, so this was my, my time when I was a little bit working, and um, and um, and then, of course, uh, when when motorsport came to me, uh, I was 22, and uh, suddenly I stopped everything and uh, I just jump in and uh, started.
1: <laughs> yeah you certainly did just to go back a little bit though you mentioned your your family's business was was in flowers and and producing flowers yes. for for perfumery which that sounds so beautiful michelle was there was there no want from you to go into the family business no desire uh,
0: not not really because it's it's a hard work and uh, and you know for that because it's a big property and uh, we had the italian family working for us mm-hmm. uh, because it's really tiring you know it's very difficult and it's not the the work i was doing and my father uh, my mother was taking care of the property with all those family working for us and my father was an insurance broker do mm-hmm. you say that yeah. yeah so he had a little office in um next to to our family house and um I decided, um, I decided to, when competition came to me, I stopped going to Grenoble. And um, just to earn some money, I asked my father to, to, to employ me and to work with him a little bit. And um, there is where everything started. But I will tell you later how it started.
1: <laughs> I have a
0: scoop for you.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this scoop. So I, I have images of you now in this in this Renault 4, you know, darting along these beautiful yes, roads yes. from Grenoble. But when was the first time you got behind the wheel of a car? How old were you when uh, Michelle decided to pick up the keys and get behind yeah. the wheel?
0: I, I was I was 14. And <laughs> this is exactly what I explained to you before. It's with my group of friends uh, in the property. You know, we have a uh, Dirt road, you know, small yep. dirt road, and uh, <clears throat> so my father' car was um, for the property was a Citroen 2CV, two chevaux, De chevaux, De chevaux, exactly. And uh, one day, I I asked my friends. I said, "We have to move this car. I would like to know. You know, I have looked how my father was driving the car, but I I want to to do it myself." So I put the ignition, they pushed me a little bit, I don't know how I did, but I managed to start the car. And once I started the car, I didn't know I didn't, I knew the braking, but I didn't know so much what to do. And I continue in the gear I was and, um, and drove and drove on this dirt uh, road when suddenly my father through the kitchen window could see me the car passing and he thought that somebody was stealing his car. In fact, it was just me. So after that, of course, I have been allowed to drive on this small dirt road, uh, but not to go around on the main road, you know, I was just allowed to go. So I was going all the way forward and then, in reverse as fast as I could to be able to go again (laughs) forward. (laughs) I spent, I don't know how many hours to do that and it was just fun, you know? And after that, you know, at that time we didn't have so many traffic, so much traffic on the road. And my mother was um, uh, also, she she was very cool because she allowed me to drive by night. Uh, She knew, I, I knew how to drive. And so she allowed me to drive to to see my grandmother, for example, or to see some friend. Uh, on the way back, she 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 was allowing me to to drive, so it was just cool. Yeah,
1: that's definitely very very cool. I yeah. mean, your your parents must have known at a very early age from what we, you described your character and how you were, you know wanting to be and, and doing everything and exploring. They must have known that they had a bit of a, not a wild child on their hands, but someone who knew what she wanted in life.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think my father knew because, uh, you know, I have been thinking afterwards, you know, my father proposed me, so he proposed to his daughter to start competition. It, it's something, you know, when you have never been in, involved in this sport, uh, to do that, to decide that. And it's exactly what he did, you know, he said, you know, I prefer to see you driving than to be a co-driver.
1: So, well, let's, let's talk about how you started in motorsport. What sparked the flame within you to, to A, first of all, co-drive, but get yeah. behind the wheel? How did it begin, Michelle?
0: You know, very few know that uh, I started because of a rock and roll competition i
1: am I promise you
0: rock and roll competition yeah you know i i love to dance i love to dance and uh in my in my um, quite like a village yeah. uh it was also some balls um uh, do you say ball
1: yeah ball party dance party, party yeah. dance
0: yeah. yeah it was um in my village uh every year it was a, a party dance you know and uh, where of course you 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 find all your your friends coming for for this day and uh, a friend of mine that i didn't see so often came this time and uh, when they announced that it will be a rock and roll competition he said shall we do it i said oh, of course we do it so we started and during the time, you know, when you stop, and then they they, they eliminate a few of the the couples. Uh, he said, "Ah, by the way, I am going to Corsica for a rally." Ah, what is a rally with your car? Yes, yes, I am doing the rally, and so he explained to me what was a rally. I didn't know at all, and wow, I was, my eyes, what you know, I was just uh, excited just to hear. To, to hear about about that. And, um, and so he proposed me to, to, go, to go with them. So I said, ah, we'll ask my father because you know, I was, I was 21, 22. But uh, my father, you know, was, like, like I said, very strict. And when I asked my father, he said, Yeah, why not? So I was first of all, very surprised that he let me go. So I went to I went to Corsica with them in the Peugeot 304 on the back of the car and I did all the Ricky. then I follow all the rally I was at the service point every time and following you know that time we were going on the road and um and that's all finished after the rally he talked to me again and he said um, I know you know my my co-driver is not very good and uh, I don't like it. And I see that you are very excited by, by, by that. Shall we try to do Monte Carlo together and uh, you as my co driver? Of course, immediately. So, and I started like that, you know.
1: And so, you started- without
0: the comp- rock and roll competition, That's never, amazing. never I would have sought to try to do that. And my father was not in this sport, you know, he loved driving. We love a, a sportive car, but uh, not for competition so that's
1: amazing i really want to know if there are any photographs of this rock and roll competition no, no ah,
0: for sure not for sure and me too i would have uh, you know that time you didn't have any camera for that yeah, true no, no,
1: no i mean so your first event as a co-driver was yeah, then rally was... monte carlo exactly <laughs> I mean, when, talk- I tell you, when I tell you that I am, not a scared, high level, I am not scared of anything, I am not scared of anything, you know. <laughs> definitely not. But what was it like being in the co-driving seat? Because obviously you went on to be a very successful driver and drivers sometimes aren't great passengers.
0: Yeah, but at that time I was not really driving, uh, you know, I, I had my license, but that's all. I, I like to drive, but that's all. Uh, it's after when you become a rally driver that you are scared to be in the passenger seat. No, at, at that time, um, for me, it was uh, an exciting because what I what I uh, I observe when I was in Corsica is that the work between you know when you are in the back and you see how it's going, you see the role of the co-driver, you see the importance mm-hmm. of the co-driver, and I noticed that it was important work because. He was telling him the notes, and uh, you know, and the driver driving by listening the notes. So this was really um, something um, that I, I realized immediately. So for me to do that was, you know, oh, I don't drive, but the role will be important, and uh, I was excited. So this was the first time I I'm
1: I almost- jumped into
0: motorsport competition.
1: What was it like co-driving? Because the Monte Carlo Rally is a particularly difficult rally for a driver and a co-driver. You know that was a that was a huge challenge to step up and do for the first time.
0: Yeah, but you know I liked it. It was very concentrated, like always when I do something, trying to do the best. We had the Ricky, and uh, so the notes were going well. He was happy with the way I was giving him the notes, and then you try to be careful to 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 check your time to. You try to do the job. That's all. Huh? <laughs> Nobody is teaching you anything. You have to find out by yourself.
1: It was very quickly, though, wasn't it? That you then headed behind the wheel, and as you mentioned earlier, it was your
0: your yeah, father's because...
1: influence that he really wanted you to 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 try competition.
0: Yeah, what he did. that in fact, he was following us during. I did the three or four rally with my friend, uh, and uh, my father was following looking everything also, observing everything. He was somebody very discreet. And uh, so he was just on, on the back, but looking everything. And uh, one day he said, you know, I have seen, uh, I know it, Jean doesn't have so much money. So of course, uh, when he has to change the tire, it doesn't change them because uh, the tires cost a lot of money. Uh, and he said, no, this is not the way I want. I know you like to drive but I'm sure he has been thinking before. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know you like to drive. I will buy you a car and you will try yourself, but I, it will be in the good condition. The car will go, I will buy an Alpine Renault, but the car will go to the garage every time uh, to Renault and it will be checked and I will pay for one year. If you are good enough, you continue. If you are not good enough, you will stop. Wow. <sighs> me it was like like a dream I don't know how to say you know something exciting something new I didn't know how I would do how I could do but of course I wanted to try and uh, somewhere in back on my mind I was thinking I will show you I can do it you know Uh, and that's how it started
1: it's quite incredible isn't it I mean you mentioned your mum was pretty cool. Your dad was exceptionally cool. I mean, that is the dream, isn't it? I will pay yeah. for a season. I will pay for the car. We'll make sure it's serviced yeah. properly. That's an amazing opportunity. Yeah,
0: and I think it was an opportunity, but he, he was, you know, really seriously thinking how, because my father was the same. I think I, I am very like my father. You know, when we do things, we do it seriously and we do it properly. Mm-hmm. Uh and so he in, knew in, in, in in that I like to drive. And I think also with a mix of, I would have loved to do it myself, but I didn't have the opportunity. So now if I can give her the opportunity, I will do it. And we have to do it the right way. And I think it's what he it thought. He thought that uh, I was maybe able to do it. But I have interview of my father when he's saying I never, I never thought that she could go so far. I, I have the, the, the word of my father. Uh, but um, at the beginning, he really, he, he managed at like a team manager, you know, first as a sponsor and also as a team manager, because he said, okay, you are a woman. There is, there are rallies uh, only for women at that time. And it was Paris Saint Raphael Féminin. So you will do the first rally with the women to see the level you have. And then you will do the most difficult rally in France was Tour de France. But Tour de France was a big event, you know, a lot of money going all around France. I mean, it was costing. Instead, like this, you know where you have to go. So he managed everything. Like a team manager, I would say, you know, like yeah. really a proper and a sponsor at the same time. So it was to see at that time, of course, I didn't realize that It afterwards when I have to speak about that, about how it was, it was really incredible, you know, to do it yeah. for, for your daughter was incredible.
1: Absolutely. To, yeah. you know, to have that vision, to have that faith. Yeah. And yeah. do it the way he did. So, what what did the other members of the family think at this time, Michelle? What did your mother think? What did you know the surrounding family think of what was going on?
0: Oh, my mother. She she was also. Uh, I have a little bit my mother character also. You know, so everything exciting and new. She was happy and uh, she loved also being in the car driving herself. And so for her, what my father was doing was of course. Uh, uh, very well thought, and and uh, he was doing the right thing, so mm-hmm. she was following. And I have a fantastic chance that um, my parents never were never afraid for me, you know, never showing me any sign of be careful, it's dangerous. So I never had that at home. They were both going to see me in the stage, um, but. Uh, you know, hiding, not to disturb, you know, that I couldn't see them. But my mother was always telling me afterwards, you know, I never thought you could have an, a bad accident or something. She, she, They were trusting me. Mm. And I think this is really what helped me most, because I know other women in motorsport, you know, who had to phone every night to to make the parents sure that, you know, everything was okay and so on. For me, never. Then trust me so much. And this gives you strength, you know, when you are doing something, especially in motorsport, because we know, we feel it's dangerous, Um, but I never had that at home. So this helped me a lot.
1: And your acceleration in, in terms of your success was pretty fast. It was evident early on that you were fast behind the wheel. Um, how much did you sense that? How you know when you realized your power? What did that feel like?
0: I don't know if I realized my power. I, I, you know, I have always I I never tried to to make any plan. For me, I took every single race or single rally one after the other, mm. and I was always I know in my in inside of me, I wanted every time to give the best I could, not thinking it will work, it will not work, I want to become a lady champion, or I don't, I, I never had anything like that in my mind. Sometimes I even didn't know who was starting the rally, you know, so I was fighting against myself all the time. And I think this, it's a strong point to, to maybe to have succeed, for sure, I had some abilities, for sure, it's obvious, but it's my motivation and and, and the way I wanted to to give the best I could at each rally. Not any plan, not building anything, you know, for my career. So I I didn't see this power, I just saw that I was winning in, in my category with the Alpine and then uh, it was the same when I arrived at the French Championship uh, and I was professional with Fiat. Of course, at the time I was driving, my teammate was the best driver in France. So Jean-Claude Andreu was a reference for me. And in my mind, it was impossible that with the same car I was three seconds or two seconds behind him. This was not possible. So I didn't know how to do, I didn't know, but I knew that I wanted to go fast and to try to find the solution, breaking later, uh, uh, you know trying to start quickly uh, on the beginning of the stage, I was trying everything to try to be faster. because for me, it was not acceptable that you know I, 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 I hate to be ridiculous and uh i think this is a little bit also what made me uh progressing because uh but not for the others huh? for myself i i didn't want to to be ridiculous so i i had the chance that they gave me a factory car and for me it was i had to go fast i had to go fast i don't know how to explain but uh this is uh, the way I was. I managed to do that on the French level until uh, Audi called me for the world championship. And then the same situation. Then you don't know how to speak English. Uh, still now, I don't know, but OK. Ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't know anything about that. And I just knew that Nicola was uh, one of the best uh, drivers in the world. Mm. And then, OK, new challenge. <clears throat> You know, I was not thinking, what will you do? What can you practice before? Can you do something? No, I was just going straight there. But in my mind, I will have to find the solution to be as fast as he is.
1: I will talk about Audi in a moment. I I have to say, Michelle, I wish I was reporting on rallying when you were competing, when you were moving from the French Championship into Mm -hmm. the World Championship, because I would have loved to have seen firsthand the reaction to you and your skills. What was it like being as good as you were back then and men just having to accept that you were there as a driver, you're as equal as they are, apart from the fact that you're a woman, that's the only difference is the sex. You are as equal a driver as they are. What was the reaction to you from fellow competitors in the French Championship, from journalists? Was there... Was there, were, there, were there people that were saying, but this won't last, she's not very good, or were there, was there an acceptance?
0: I think it was accepted. It was accepted because, I mean, the one who had been following uh, my career, journalist and everything, they could see the evolution, they could see the progress, uh, and they, they could see that I was leading my group, group mm-hmm. three, when I started. And uh, I managed to win when I was uh, with Fiat uh, many rallies and uh, many stages too. Uh, so they knew that I was fast for sure, but up to where I could go for sure, uh, this this I, I, I don't know, maybe you have to ask them.
1: <laughs> it must've been thrilling, exciting times, I think, for, for journalists to re- be reporting on on yeah. your progress. Because, you know, you were just getting better and better and better. And they're thinking, well, how far can she go? And then Audi is calling. Tell me about that call from Audi. I mean, were you expecting it? Was it out of the blue?
0: No, no, I never expect so much. You know, when you are, when you are, I I, I told you, I I was not uh, building anything. You know, I was just trying to enjoy and progress. For me, the main word was progressing. Okay, now I, and you know, like uh, inside yourself, but always for myself, you have done the national level. Now you are reaching this level. You have to be as good as they are. This was my goal. You have to be as good as they are, not to try to show that you are a woman. And I never thought I was a woman because when you are a woman, you are a woman. I For me, I was a driver. Yeah. And, and it started when people are looking at you that it start to change, you know, because they are saying, but you are the only woman in the world championship driving with the others. Yes, it's true, you are right. I never thought about that, but it's true because when you are, when you act like you are, your gender is a woman and uh, I was acting like a woman, but not trying anything else than just reach their level. For me, the link is progressing and it's ridiculous. Those two words are very important in, 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 in my um, thinking about my career, how I progress. I think yeah. it's that too, who gave me the motivation, you know, I was lucky enough to make enough progress that they give me the chance to be in the world championship. Wow, now, another step I have to, I have to prove that I deserve that. And, and, and for me, it was that then to win an event, oh, I even didn't think about that. So, you know, but it's true. I have to say, you know, I am honest. I am not yeah, trying yeah. To say, I have not built anything. I, I didn't mind about the other, what they were thinking, what they were writing, what they were, Um, for me, what was important, I had the chance, they give me the chance, I have to, oh no, you know, to kind yeah, of- Yeah, you have try. to take
1: it. You kind have to- try, oh- yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's like one that... of your that's one of your huge strengths is that you focus on you and not everything exactly. that is going on around you.
0: And then the consequence of that is that, of course, I had a bad character because when a, a photographer was coming at the end of the stage, opening my door and saying, "Can you smile?" Of course, I was not smiling, you know, because you are you are sweating like hell and you are in in different mood, and, and I couldn't make it the the I to say the marketing side of my sport you know I was I didn't mind at that time what was important is the choice of my tires for the next stage Mm. and not smiling to the guy I, I couldn't and it's why I had the reputation to have this bad character it's coming from that in fact yeah
1: I think you know when we when we look back at some of the archive footage now and and you know you you're coming into service halts and they're at the side of the road and you're getting out the car. You're sweaty. You're you're talking to your engineer. You're trying to make all these changes, and the cameras are right there in your face. And I, I think for any of us, if anyone had said, you know, smile or be girly, then it's like, yeah. no, I'm a driver. I am concentrating on yeah. what I'm doing here. I mean, this is this is I, my job.
0: I have always learned to do it. I have always been like that, you know. Mm.
1: Always. Do you know you kind of? I know. I know. It's, you might find this a very strange comparison now, but. I was watching the, again the documentary Queen of Speed, and watching these archive footage of you, and you know your your fiery eyes when you're you're very focused. It reminds me of Oit Your demeanors are very similar. You know he's very focused. He's not. He concentrates on him, no, n- nothing around him. And yeah, he's, if anyone asked him to smile, I think he'd give them <laughs> quite a mouthful yeah. as well. Yeah. But it's true. You know you you are a woman in the sport, yes. And the way people commentated on you, listening back you know, oh, Hanu Mikkela's attractive, you know, teammate. And you're thinking, oh, my God, no. How can people say things like this just <laughs> because you're a woman? It it kind of really riled me. But it was the time we were living in as well. And you were a standout of that time at that level. And I don't think people really knew how to, you know, address you. Instead of just putting you as a driver, as equal to everyone else, they were making you out to be different in, you know, and calling you attractive and oh the beautiful Michelle Mouton and I'm thinking, what well, does anyone say that Hanu Mikkola or oh, the gorgeous Hanu Mikkola No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite bizarre. So Michelle Audi calls you you step up to the world level and it, it's a huge challenge. One thing we haven't talked about is is the mixture of co-drivers you had up until Fabrizia stepped in. And you and Fabrizia, I think, were were made in the same peepod because you're so similar in terms of your temperament, your attitudes, your focus. How did you and Fabrizia meet?
0: Uh, Fabrizia, um, you know, my partner at that time uh, was a journalist uh, and uh, he was following the sport, of course. Mm -hmm. And when Audi, because I asked Audi, I I, I would have loved to start with uh, with the man as co-driver. But of course uh, we knew that uh, the answer would be no. And um, so I was thinking, you know, my, my co-driver, she had a family and a daughter and uh, she couldn't go around the world for and be, and be uh, uh, free for, for that. Uh, so I had to find somebody new. And it's my partner who said, you know, I know in Italy there is a young uh, woman and uh, she has been doing motocross herself. Then she has tried to, to drive. Also in rallying, and then she stopped with Opel, I think, and then she stopped and she started co-driver. And I'm quite sure maybe she could speak French. So he, he proposed me, and I tried to find the telephone number, and we we contact her, mm-hmm. and I contact Fabrizia, and uh, and she was speaking French perfectly, and uh, and she said, ah, yes, yeah, why why not? It's a surprise, but. Uh, let me think. And uh, and she phoned me back and she said, yes, of course. Uh, and she accepted. So then we started like, you know, two persons who didn't know each other, but Fabrizia has the same um, way of thinking. I mean, we are concentrated on what we are doing and we try to do it well. So very serious, very focused. And, um, And uh, it worked perfectly, I have to say. She was the best co-driver for me and maybe the best co-driver in in the world.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, as I mentioned, you you seem so, I mean, I know you're great friends, but you seem so similar in in your attitudes to everything. Is that the reason it worked so well? Because you were quite similar.
0: Yeah, only one thing, she doesn't drink.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you only it's drink your champagne.
0: Champagne. Your champagne.
1: for <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing I wanted to ask you about because there was obviously in the point in all of our lives when you're, you know, in your twenties and you were experiencing great success in the French Championship and you know, you've got this Audi deal, you decided to to stop partying. You 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 stopped yeah. smoking, you stopped drinking to really focus on what you were doing.
0: Yeah, you know, I was partying all the time. For me to spend one night dancing was nothing and uh, I could continue the next night, you know, and everything. I was really, I think I was strong. And um, so after a while, you know, this kind of life where you smoke and uh, and you drink too much, not too much in the way, but partying too much, um, I could see that you know it was not uh, going well, and one one day my father came to me with the result. He just showed me the result, and he said, "You are six in the in the group now, right now." It was enough. I understood perfectly. After that, I said, "Okay, now." He didn't say you should stop, you should do. You know, no, he did. No, he showed me the result and said, "You are okay." So I said, uh, and I decided to stop everything, but. Only water was not fun, so I decided to drink only water or champagne, and <laughs> I have been drinking champagne for the last 40 years, I think.
1: I love that about you, though. You know, I love the fact that you only drink champagne as an yeah. alcoholic drink. It's very classy. It's very classy. Um, I, w- I really want to talk to you, obviously, about the-, the highlights and talk about the wins. And we've got to start, obviously, with the first in mm. San Remo, which... Mm you know, for for many people who are listening now who who maybe haven't followed rallying for so long, Sanremo was a huge event back in the day. It was not only just tarmac, it was gravel as well. And I mean, to to be able to go there and to be able to win by the margin that you did and have such success there, I can't even begin to imagine how that felt as a competitor.
0: Yeah, we have to realise that the rally at that time were quite, Difficult, and uh, for example, uh, I know because for the film I, I had to 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 read again a little bit uh, <laughs> all the details of the the rally. San Remo was 62 special stage, 62 special stage, half wow. on asphalt and half on gravel. So. You have to be strong. You have to be fit. You have to, you know, you have to be motivated. And uh, okay, uh, I have to say, uh, I don't know what to say. Of course, it was difficult, but it was the same for Greece, for Portugal. It was the same everywhere. So uh, it was endurance rally that time, and uh, and I think where it where women are are quite strong. I think this is a positive. I don't know if today I would have been uh, the same, you know, because uh, the length, the length, what, when it was difficult, we, we know how to progress in the effort, you know. We are not, you know, the, I think men are going to the peak straight away, but then down also. We are more progressive in the effort. And so, for example, San Remo, I was, I was not uh, leading on the beginning, I was quite uh, far back. And slowly and slowly, slowly and slowly, I came, and uh, okay, I came, I, came, I came up. And um, yeah, for me, it was uh, important in the way that uh, the last night, I was so tired for the last night. When you go back to San Remo for the last night, you have been driving night and day. You have a few hours to sleep uh, before the last night, who was starting around midnight or just before midnight. And when I came back, just leading 30 seconds from uh, Harry Vatanen, who at that time uh, was playing the, the title, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I thought, you know, he will never want And the quattro on asphalt was not really an advantage with a four-wheel drive, and, and the head court was, uh, was much better, of course. So I knew that uh, Harry was going for it. Um, and I I I was strong enough to take a normal car and go back once more in the stage doing this 40 kilometer stage before the start. Uh, so really, it was a difficult condition. And I think what made the difference is that uh, when I arrive at the start of the stage, I look at Fabrizio and I said, in our mind. It's not the last stage of the rally. We will do the the stage like if it was the first stage of the rally. And we knew, both of us, that you you need to feel, you need to be sure that you are not doing. Not like crazy as the last one. Because I said, one of us will make a mistake. Uh, And so I started in my mind like that, like if it was the first stage of the rally. And when I arrived, I understood that uh, Ari didn't do that, and uh, and and he had uh, and he touched. Uh, I don't remember what what happened, but he was out of the stage. So I think I have been strong at the very very difficult moment, and uh, it helped me.
1: <laughs> I I am sure the emotions were strong when when you crossed, you know, the the flying finish, or when you realized you'd won the rally but what i'm keen to know is what was the parents feeling at that point what was your mum and dad thinking you know you they have had ultimate faith in you from the very beginning pushed yeah. you forward and here yeah, you are yeah, yeah. winning your first wrc event yeah
0: incredible yeah it was uh, it was uh, it was incredible it was incredible and uh, of course they were very very happy and also The mechanic I mean to see the mechanic I mean it was just incredible I was more happy for them than for myself really (laughs) you know because when you do something you do you have done it okay it's done but for them I mean for Audi was incredible and my parents were were very very proud very happy
1: do you think it changed you in any way getting that first win on the board at that level did it change your approach did it change how you thought about yourself Or did you just continue on in in exactly the way that you had before?
0: I don't think it changed me, but it gave me strength. I felt inside of me that if I was able to win once, it was no reason I couldn't. So I I was feeling stronger. Mm. But I didn't change the approach how to do the next event was the same. And uh, the next season, I didn't think about winning. I just thought about, OK, now mentally you are stronger, so try to use it. And um, and um, I have been driving that way. But it didn't change the approach. It changed me inside. I felt stronger.
1: I mean, that certainly paid off going into the next year. But, you know, the contract you had with Audi in, in 81, going into the next season... You come to the end of the season and you have to, I'm guessing, renegotiate a contract for the next year. Yes. I, I, who was doing that for you? Were you doing that? Did, yes. Was your dad course. doing that? You were no, doing no, it. No, It was me. <laughs> of course it was you. <laughs>
0: it was me and uh, me and the Audi lawyer. And I remember it was so funny because uh, I thought about that. And I said, now, okay. And uh, it was very, very simple. And uh, we had the discussion and uh, he started to say, okay, we will, uh, we will uh, increase your salary. And I said, no, you will not increase my salary. You will double it. <laughs> it's exactly what I said to him. And I swear on my daughter, if he would have said no, I would have stopped.
1: But obviously he didn't, he knew that, well, they knew yeah. what you were worth. Yeah. And well done for you for, you know, knowing yeah. your worth as well. Yeah.
0: I thought, uh, I thought exactly like that. And um, yeah. And uh, so then we, we started the next season and, uh, but I started the same way. It didn't change anything, you know, Mm. it didn't change anything.
1: Yeah. I think if I had any negotiating to be done, I would want you at my side because you you know exactly what you're, you know, what you want. And that's again, another strength. Yeah, I I know
0: know what I I want, want, but I thought, I thought that it was it was correct, you know. It it was not something exaggerating. It was just correct. So for me, okay, I, I said accept or not. I would have stopped otherwise. Yeah, uh,
1: talk to me about what Hannu Mikola was like as a teammate because he was uh, always a great gentleman.
0: I loved interviewing Hannu, yeah. and
1: I, I I didn't interview him many times, sadly, but. I can imagine being a teammate, he was very supportive, yes? Yeah,
0: he was He was incredible. He was, he was incredible because he knew I didn't know anything about engine, about, you know, uh, setting up the car or anything like that. But he was talking to me like if I was an engineer, you know. He was talking to me exactly the same, explaining me everything. And Hanu was uh, very helpful in the beginning. He... He, you know, I learned with him how to break left foot breaking on the beginning. Uh, at the same time, it, it was fun. He was joking all the time. And uh, he was just a gentleman. He was really a gentleman. And, uh, and also, maybe what is different from now. Uh, at that time, what we wanted, both of us, what we wanted is to win for Audi. It's not personal winning. We wanted to win for Howdy, so he was trying to help me and I was trying to also to support, you know, the, the best way possible. And um, so we were a nice team, I think. Yeah. Uh, like like it, I knew very much.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely, you know, when you look back through the archive pieces, it definitely looks like it was such a, a great atmosphere within the team. The, 82- the, only, the only
0: thing, the only thing like Fabricia. Yeah. He was in bed at nine o'clock and he, did, he didn't drink at all. Okay, he, he has been drinking before, but since I met him, I never saw Anu drinking any uh, alcohol. So they were both in bed and I was going party with the others.
1: I was going <laughs> to say, so so who were you partying with then? Mr. Oh,
0: for example, uh, Finland. Finland. Oh, we were in the discotheque until one o'clock in the morning and then practising the next morning and doing the rally at the end of the two weeks, you know?
1: That's exactly the way it should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were doing that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the magnificence of Portugal, because we chatted a few years ago when we were at Rally Portugal, and when you were going through the stages within your job now as the FIA mm. safety delegate,
0: mm. people
1: are still screaming your name. And and you said to me when you came back to service, you know, it's it's remarkable they still remember. I mean, yeah. it's not surprising they still remember because you're performance in portugal was was amazing I, I would have loved to have been commentating on Argonil when you were driving <laughs> in the fog and you were catching volta roll in front yeah i, I would yeah. have loved to have commentated
0: that yeah, yeah yeah it's true it's true yeah we you know we we practice a lot with fabricia for fog but fog it's a question of uh, reason of both of us, you know, the reason that she, because you don't see anything. So not seeing anything. Um, it's a question of rhythm and and concentration, of course. But we had some trick. Uh, we were practicing, of course, by night. And uh, what I was doing, I, I was having my my distances in bracket. Fabrice, was adding uh, a distance for for fog, that means uh, if it was 40 meters or 50 meters, she was writing 70. Uh, because when you are in fog, you break always earlier because you don't see. And to avoid breaking too early, I was increasing the distance. But then, you know, it's a reason that uh, the co-driver gives it to you that it makes that it's working perfectly or not and uh, in portugal in 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 um, Arganil, it worked fantastically. and uh, yeah, I remember when I saw the the backlight uh, of uh, Walter's car, I was very, very proud very
1: proud. i I bet you were i i I you know I
0: finished behind him. I finished the stage just behind him.
1: I yeah. would have loved to have seen his face yeah. at the at the stop control <laughs> to know how close you <laughs> were behind. I mean, he must have thought, well,
0: well. yeah, he was not, uh, he was just leaving when I was stopping behind him. Yeah.
1: Mm. What minute. was, I mean, I you know, it's well documented. I think that the the relationship with Walter Roll was a little difficult, let's say, with things yeah. that he had said, maybe. Um, what, what was the reality of that time, Michelle?
0: No, the reality, I think Walter, you know, he, he has nothing against me, not at all and uh, it's just that it's a few words that were maybe not the way he should have uh, said things, but uh, but I never thought he was, uh, okay, you know, you know, he was uh, uh, always a little bit alone, you know, in his car, you know, he, he was not the kind of person coming to join the group and discussing, having fun, he was always, but always answering to you when you talk to him very mm-hmm. nicely, and uh, um, so I thought it. You know, he, he for him, I think he, he thought that the Quattro was uh, um, too many advantages of the four wheel drive, and uh, of course, uh, and we we know about that. Huh? But uh, uh, how to say? It? And uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't like it, maybe, maybe, you know, he had the possibility to join Audi, he didn't do it, so maybe it was a way in his mind, maybe not to regret, but at the same time, you know, you know, you have other driving a nice car and I have to drive a car, it's a little bit more difficult to drive, I think, I think. But uh, I I never thought it was something against me, never.
1: No. What was interesting when we we held a press conference last year in Portugal um, for the legends of the sport and and you were joined by 18, 19 other former champions or indeed legends in in WRC and, and Volta was sat next to you at the press conference and... You know, I, I spoke to you first and then I headed to Volta last. And, you know, that one of the first things he said, he he talked about you and he apologized to you yeah, and, and said know, you, yeah. you should have won the championship in 1982. Yeah, so, yeah. It was quite <laughs> a moment. I stood there. I was like a little bit uh, yeah, surprised. How? What no, did you I, think of that?
0: I was not surprised because, you know, it's like me when you are thinking about when you do something on action and when you you speak about that uh, 20 years or 30 years later it's not the same thing you know you maybe he has realized that of course by I, I missed it for very very little and uh, and I, I could have been world champion but it was nice I was I appreciate the, the fact that he said so.
1: Yeah, it was it was a very nice moment. I'm yeah, very no glad. Either. I was no very either. glad that you know he did say that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward already to going back to Portugal, and I'm sure you are because I know the reaction still from the Portuguese fans. You are <laughs> their absolute hero there. Yeah. 1982, though the year, like Volta said, it, it could have been a championship-winning year. The, the The wins there were spectacular in Portugal at Acropolis in Brazil. Acropolis, one of the toughest events on the championship calendar. Absolutely. I mean, the heat, the intensity, the yeah. physicality of it, apart as well as the competition. Gosh, Michelle, that's that's yeah. one of the ones to you know really kind of yeah, celebrate, yeah. isn't it?
0: I, I think physically, uh, physically, Greece was certainly the most difficult with uh, with Kenya. The both of them yeah. were the most difficult. And uh, on top of that, we never had time to, to to have time for service. So we were on the road section full speed all the time, all the time, no time to relax or to... So, of course, again, there, there to finish, to avoid, because we had a lot of puncture. You know, we were driving on crazy roads and uh, not to avoiding puncture, driving smoothly and trying to... Because you know when it's an endurance rally, not only what you are able to do at the car, you have to take care of the car. also. you have to, you know, it's not uh, maybe like today where you go flat out and you mm. don't have to think. We have to think about everything, suspension, and everything could break down. So um, it was really a difficult rally. And um, of course, to win there and there, I, I could see also Portugal and Greece for women, it was something unbelievable. You know, the reaction of when you see old ladies around the road throwing you flowers because they heard that the lady won this rally it was ah, just uh, very emotional. And you know, on top of that, but um, yeah, I know that uh, in those two countries, it has been something very important. Yeah, hugely
1: important, hugely yeah. important. I mean, you you mentioned at the start when we talked about, you know, the three words to describe your character and strength it is a huge part of you. You are a very strong woman. And that really got called in to question in 1982 in very difficult circumstances for you, beginning the Ivory Coast Rally. Hmm? You can stop me if you don't want to talk about this. Yeah, of course I want to talk, you know. Uh, But yeah, I mean, for, for people who are unaware your father unfortunately passed away just before the rally began. And you had a very big decision yeah. to make yourself, whether you would go home or you would continue. And, and you yeah. continued, which For is me. a huge amount of strength to be able to do that.
0: Uh, the strength came from my mother because uh, I, you know, the rally was starting around nine or 10. And uh, I heard, uh, I had the telephone call from my partner at seven o'clock in the morning to announce me that my father passed away during the night uh, for first reaction, I am going back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he passed me my mother and my mother said, your father would never love like to you to stop for for him because of him. So I guess you should do it for him and do the rally for him. And uh, this gave me the strength. And um, I talked to Fabricia and I. Said to her, and my I had my physio with me, and uh, the only the three of uh, the two of them we knew about about it, and I said I don't want anybody because I wanted to do it, but uh, I was not strong enough, and um, to find the strength somewhere, I, I I prefer that nobody knew about about that, and it was just uh, middle of the rally that uh, somebody said, and uh, they started to know about that. So uh, once you decide that uh, you do it, then you concentrate and you try to do it the best you, you can. And uh, um, it was difficult. Huh? I have to say, sometimes I was crying, and Fabrizia could hear that in the in the helmet between between us. But um, I I I did the best I could. Yeah, you until did. We, until we change a gearbox. <laughs> until we had to change a gearbox, and when uh, then suddenly. Uh, The problem was uh, mechanical, and um, we decided I was more than one hour in front of Walter. Um, And and we needed 17, 20 minutes to change the the gearbox, and they needed 40 minutes or more than that. And then when I was ready to jump in the car, no gear, no clutch, nothing was working. So they have to start it all over again. And we left, uh, I think we were, um, I think, I don't know, we lost all the time nearly we, we had. And, um, and then it was middle of the night where we have to stop for a few hours. And um, I had again, the, the car didn't start in the Park Fermi and we were obliged by regulation to start to push the, the engine ourselves. Uh, sorry, we, we were we were told to push the car out of the service park ourselves. Mm-hmm. But two person, two ladies pushing a quattro, you know, <laughs> you cannot yeah. make it even move. So we we got 10 second penalty more for that. And then uh, by you are tired, everything you want to catch up what you have lost. And then uh, it was foggy and I knew I like fog. But you know, in Ivory Coast, you don't have the same note, not precise like they are in in, in, uh, in the normal roads. Um, and so I I confuse, uh, when Fabricia t- told me a corner, I, I make a, it was confusion and uh, I made a mistake and I hit uh, a rock and we destroyed the direction. And uh, and then he stopped.
1: I can imagine it must've been just very mixed emotions at that point, because there's there's the competition part of you, which is disappointed, angry, frustrated with what's happened, but also the human side of you, you've just had something huge happen in your life and you just want to go home. Yeah. So there's two very different worlds yes. going on at that time. Yes,
0: it was uh, difficult and uh, somewhere I think in my mind, uh, I wanted to be perfect to do it for my father. And the fact that I was not perfect because I did a mistake, I even didn't try to continue. For me, it was at the moment that you know, I even didn't try to continue because we could have tried and repair and still maybe finishing, not winning, but finishing. We could have, you know. But for me, it was finished, you know, and uh, I wanted to go home. And uh, but I always said also that uh, I I did it for him so i didn't do it for winning the championship and so for me uh, it was a disappointment for him but um, not for me as a, as a driver for the championship you know i never thought about i missed the championship i missed the championship and it was not important at all at that time
1: no i'm sure it wasn't i'm sure it wasn't but it was such a you know prior to that was such a great year of success in your career, which people still talk about today. (laughs) I mean, how does that make you feel, Michelle, that people will still come up to you and talk about Portugal or talk about Acropolis? But Portugal in particular, I think, really stands out. Do you think, come on, move on, talk about other people? They still talk about this. It's it's quite incredible what you did.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, you know, I I am not a person looking back, you know. Mm. So for me, it's difficult to understand that. And today that I have to repeat my story and to tell again what happened. And we should think about things uh, what were happening today and not about yesterday. But um, in another way, it's a very nice uh, uh, way for people to show that uh, they have been very supportive and uh, maybe admiring also a little bit. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice feeling. People are very nice. In yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I always think that I should have been nicer than I I was at that time, you know, because uh, because uh, the the way people are showing you that uh, you know it was important, the way they follow me, and of course they follow me as a woman, maybe not as a driver, but they are they were following me more as a woman, uh, and I I was a driver, but they were following me as a woman, middle of all those men. Mm. So, it's a was, it, very it's,
1: nice way yeah i, I it it is I, I love how much support you have and how many people you've inspired i'm going to give some ask you some questions that have come in now from from mm-hmm. lots of people so ah uh, hold on i have to put my glasses on for this <laughs> a little bit um so competition obviously wasn't just in france and on the world stage you were competing in britain for quite a while and in ireland you did some rallies in Ireland as well and we have quite a few questions about your time on the irish stages and what you thought of the circuit of ireland <laughs> can you remember <laughs> no, 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 no. oh yeah yeah i am
0: not able to remember anything like that no i have really bad memory for i remember that i did the rally rally was difficult ireland uh, circuit of ireland was uh, a great rally, but with a Quattro, you know, the Quattro was mm. quite wide, and uh, the last one I drove uh, was very tricky car to drive there, and um, and quite difficult. But uh, don't ask me about the time what I did; I have no clue. No Do you know clue. what I
1: remember? <laughs> I remember sitting with you and Malcolm Wilson and a couple of other us other girls yeah. in Rally Argentina and do you remember that night we were drinking champagne I think and we were we were going through you your results over the years and Malcolm's yeah. and we were saying so how many second places did you get Michelle?
0: No idea don't no ask idea. me I
1: don't know and Malcolm yeah. was the same but that that's the whole not looking back you know you're very much a I look forward yeah. kind of person which is great um, a lot of people asking you why? did you decide to retire in 1986 when ah, you was yes, still yes. there why they, did you decide
0: that is, i think it's important to to answer this question um you know i still have articles from 78 mm-hmm. so before the world championship yeah. i was with fiat where i was saying one day i will stop to have a family and a, a, a child so for me it has always been in my mind and you know when everything is going well and you progress and uh, they propose you even always better and more and and better, it's difficult to to stop. And um, I know at that time I met Frederick already and uh, uh, with Jesse's father, um, and uh, I knew I was looking for an opportunity to stop. This was clear. And when in Corsica, middle of the season, uh, because of uh, an accident, uh, the French president of the federation, the FIA, decided to stop and to ban uh, the Group B cars. Yeah. I said to Frederick, if, if they stop Group B cars, at the end of the year, I will stop. This was decided there immediately after what, what I heard. Uh, so some people thought that it was because of uh, Henry's accident and crash and and, and and death, but it's not. We are, you know, drivers are too egoistic to, to think that way. It was really sad. We were really destroyed because the Henry was a friend, uh, but um, it's not the decision. The decision was for me waiting for an opportunity to stop, to have my my private life and to have my family this has always been in my mind and uh, so it was not difficult at all and uh, I knew it was a time okay if they stop we go back to group a no no way I stop yeah when I say something I never go back so I decided there and I stop at the end of the year
1: quite a few people asking what was the experience like at pike's peak And how did you you feel? I love this question. How did you feel being surrounded by so many Americans who never thought a woman would be able to win at Pikes? Yeah.
0: You have to know the context. When I went there, uh, it was the first time the American could see a rally car, a rally car with a turbo engine. Mm -hmm. First time, a European, and on top of that, a woman. So this was a lot, <laughs> and when they saw the result uh, after the practice, of course um, they didn't like it, and they made my life very difficult, very very difficult. It's the first time I could see the the macho side of people, you know. They really it was the man. Why this woman is coming here, middle of our country to to. With a car to do that, I mean, they couldn't accept that. And um, so everything has been very difficult because, uh, you know, uh, during the practice... You want me to tell you the story? or? Yeah, you know?
1: absolutely, we want to okay. tell the story.
0: <laughs> so um, during the practice, um, we I I was over speeding for, I don't know if it was five miles or 10 miles. We were, you know, like today, you have to do the Riki at 80 kilometers per hour. I was 85 or 90. And that's all. So but what happened, the consequence of that is that we we receive a a bulletin saying that uh, uh, I will not be allowed as a as a punishment, I will, will not be allowed to start in the car, I will start, I will jump in the car on the starting line. And um uh, and then go to do the race. So what it means if you have to jump in the car and to do the race, you don't you don't win. You are even the last one of the stage. So uh I thought it was really incredible. And um talking with my team manager, we said, you know, they talk about safety for for, for the people because they they say, Oh, you could have killed one of our children, you know, and I said, Okay. Um so I said, we we have to do something. So we organized a press conference the night, the day before the start. And um, I said to them, I said, okay, uh, maybe for you it's important that I don't kill any child. But what happened to me if I kill myself because I am not in the right condition to start a race like this one? Um, oh, this was not what I had to say, because then they started to think, oh, okay. Uh, So finally, they came back, and uh, I was told that I could start in the car, belt on, no gear on, pushed by the mechanic on the starting line. I was happy enough. I thought to myself, I will show you that this, this was not the things to do. I will be even faster. And uh, it's what happened. I was so much motivated and uh, I started. And you know, when you are middle of the stage, you have four corners on the left side where you have the big drop on the right and the middle one you have to lift a little bit. And when I was there, I decided not to leave. I was so motivated. I decided not to lift, and I could feel the car pulling to the towards uh, the, the, the drop, you know. It's so difficult when you are on this level because uh, because you, you don't see the, there is no tree, nothing to to see the where how far you are from the side, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going off and I accelerate even more, trying in, in my mind to, to go out with the back of the car and not with the front, you know? And I was accelerating so much I managed to stay on the road, and the next corner was a airplane right. I remember that I brake even later than during the Ricky. Wow. I was so motivated, but so motivated. You cannot believe I have never been. So I wanted to show them that anything they could do, they will never stop me. And it's, I think it's there. It's one of my best events because I realized how strong I could I could be at that time. I was really strong, really strong in my mind.
1: The red mist had really come down then before yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's quite, you know, to be on the, the record books for Pike's Peak, it, it's quite the achievement. And you're the only woman still to have ever done that.
0: Yeah, I know. I know, I know. And I said to Bobby Anser, who was uh, the big star over there and who was uh, also someone, uh, uh, you know, staying OK with the car, or the Quattro and so on and so on, I said... I said, you can tell him, I said to the journalist, you can tell him if he has the balls, we start the race from the top to the downhill if he wants. Oh, oh, oh. I told him that.
1: I love that. I and love that. I was so
0: cross, so mad. I was crazy. I was crazy. But I did it. So I, I had the record. And um, yeah, it was a very tough event. Very tough
1: more questions and it moves on in your career i mean we've we've moved away from from actually being behind the wheel now there's a lot of these messages coming in and i'm delighted to see it's from quite a big male audience that these questions are coming in mm-hmm. asking about women in motorsport and andy here is is picking out the fact that right now we have quite a lot of female co-drivers that are very mm-hmm. successful however at, at the present time we don't have a female driver who is right up there and it, how do we find the next Michelle Mouton? If, if there is ever to be another you, Michelle, I mean, you are quite unique. I'm not sure we could ever find another you, but to find more successful female drivers behind the wheel, how do we go about that?
0: I don't think I am unique because, um, because I, I repeat, you know, I, was, I never wanted to do what I did. Uh, I always took the opportunity. I think it's just the character and, um, and the motivation and what I explained to you before. So I think personally I think it's possible. It's possible, yeah. but it's possible. but it's not easy because not enough are, are trying, not enough are trying and, and it's still, you know I have been president of the women in Motorsport commission for 12 years. I know, we, we 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 have to increase our base to have more girls interested in, in this sport, but today also it's uh, maybe more difficult to get uh, the budget to get a car, because, you know, it's like a circle, you, you need a good car to show that you are able to do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was given all the time, I progressed, my father was my first sponsor, but then, Every time I was given the good condition, the same car as the other one to, to try to progress, today is maybe more difficult. So I think girls or women have the same problem as the as, as men. I mean, it's difficult to find a budget to drive. to, to yeah. and, uh, and I think this doesn't help, of course. The fact that we are not enough trying, and also that it's so difficult to get uh, a proper budget to do a good season, you know, because you need to practice. You need you need to do some testing, but testing is costing also, also so much money that uh, today if they avoid the testing. They, you know, and they, it's not the perfect condition to. And I think I have been lucky enough because of what I did uh, that I was given <clears throat> the best uh, the best condition all the time. And this and, has been helping me
1: you know with the women's commission uh that you were president of for so many years there were so many activations to try and find you know the next female rally driver yeah. but it, it wasn't just rally it was circuit racing as well it was a a huge across the board let's get females into motorsport whether mm-hmm. it be co-drivers rally drivers karting circuit yeah. racing that was a, and it's still continuing now i know that you have moved on from that now, but that it's still a, a huge part of trying to get women involved.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's the only way. We are not enough trying, but to to be participating because still people think. You know, there is two things that I am always saying. It's one is I don't know so many parents who are proposing motorsport to their boy or girl. This is clear, uh, and then. Motorsports for for many, it, it's a risky sport, so you need to like, yeah, <laughs> to take some risk. So uh, and, and the third one is that motorsport is still a man's world is still a man's world. So I think if we don't go over this barrier of having more women involved in this in our sport, but at any level, co-driver, driver, engineer, mechanic. I mean, more we will have, and more we will have a chance to find somebody who is motivated and who get the support. Yeah. It's why for the circuit uh, and all the racing parts, uh, we have been proposing the rising star. For me, the rising star. It's a, a fantastic program where. You have young girls selected from the young age on karting, and giving them at this level the best condition with Ferrari and with uh, all the support that we can. The FIA is doing. I mean, it's the best condition. So if if we find girls at this level, they have the best condition to be able to continue, and then decide if they want to move to rallying or, or to or to continue in racing. But it's the only way. And we need to have girls competing with boys at the young level in karting, because if you don't fight with the best, you don't push yourself your limit. It's what I explained to you. I have been pushing my limit because I was with people. Okay, they were men. But for me, on my mind, it was not a question of, it was not a barrier. The gender was not a barrier. It was just that they were better than me, and I knew that I have to progress to, to reach their level. But if you don't fight with, with them, then you you consider yourself at the best one as a woman, and you don't push yourself your limit to go to the top. Yeah. So it's not, it's not so difficult to understand what we have to do, and uh, I think it's on the right direction. We have more and more women now in, involved in motorsport, um, and more people are talking about that. So I really hope that um, we will find another one. If it's not in rallying, in racing, at least.
1: Yeah, I, I really hope so. I mean, it, it is great to see more women being reflected in the sport. Co-drivers right now are having an exceptional time. We have, yeah. you know, double European champion Sarah yeah. Fernandez, Raita and, Annie Malkinen within you know the WRC support mm-hmm. categories, and that's brilliant to see. We see uh, you know female yeah. mechanics. I'm seeing more female journalists, which, you know, when I started in the sport, there was only one other female journalist and me. That was it. Mm -hmm. So you can see the change, but you know, it's, it's just, it, for some people, it's not happening fast enough. There is, there are tools hopefully to, to find the next uh, big female star. A lot of people mentioning the fact, and this is also another, you know, thing that I really respect about you, Michelle, is that, you have given back to the sport in a huge way as part of the women's commission. Now you're our FIA safety delegate. You could have just, you know, decided at the end of 1986, that's it. I'm going to have my family forget about rallying. I do something else, but no, yeah. you have given back and used your wealth of knowledge and your vision and, you know, your directness to be able yeah. to drive rallying in in a really strong direction. Did you, you know, in I mean, we're looking back to the eighties now. Did you think in your mind, I'm going to come back in a, in a different kind of role, or did you not think about it at the time?
0: No, I didn't think about all about that at all. You know, it's uh, when Jean Todt we, we when Jean Todd was elected president that uh, it started again, uh, yeah. because I was friend of Jean and uh, uh, also Jean needed uh, people to help him for the for the WRC. And uh, so he trusted me and, uh, and uh, he also told me that what you said. He said, you know, you have to give back to the sport also. And uh, he was right. Uh, I didn't think about that. But after that, yes, I thought about that. And um, so I, I did uh, what I quit. And, uh, you know, having the experience of a driver, co-driver, uh, experience of organizing also, because organizers are a big part of, uh, of rallying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been organizing Race of Champions for 22 years. Um, I knew what it to, to be organizer also. And so mm-hmm. in, in, only one role was left it, uh, from the Federation side. And um, Jean gave me this opportunity and I tried to do my best, like I like always.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And right now you are our safety delegate on WRC. And I have to ask you this question because I think I'm similar to you here in that I do not like being a passenger in a car. At all. I can't stand it. I need to drive. But yet you, Michelle Mouton, with all the success you've had in your career to do your job, you have to be driven through a stage because you're looking to see that everyone is standing in the right places, that the stage is safe. How do you deal with being driven by someone else through the stages? And have there been any... um, scary moments over the years.
0: Yes, it was some scary moments, especially the, the first the first rally I did was Monte Carlo again. Monte Carlo is something unbelievable. Monte Carlo again. And uh, yeah, when I started, it was very difficult. And uh, the first person I had in Monte Carlo, when we arrived on the snow stage and we started downhill, he looked at me and he said, what shall I do? <laughs> and <laughs> And then I was scared like Incredible and uh, and so it was uh, quite an experience, but I have to say with the time then you get used to that. But still, sometimes you know when it's going too fast, I am saying, hey, we are not in a hurry. We have to, you know, I I still don't like it, but I get used to to be driven. And how much to anything?
1: How much are you still enjoying the job because it's a very important job within the championship?
0: Yeah, what I enjoy most is to work with the organizer and to to see that uh, with the few, few tools, we have improved safety a lot, uh, I think, on the last five, five six years. Um, and, uh, and I think this is very, very interesting to, to convince the organizer that we could improve and that they are willing to, to do it and to follow. Uh, and uh, it's really motivating. And for me, you know, it's nothing more important than to have a, a safe stage for the drivers. So I am always concerned about them about, uh, and of course about spectators all the time, yeah. Mm. Because really I think that um, a big accident in, uh, and a fatal accident in WRT would have uh, big consequences for the sport.
1: More questions. So there's been so many, we can't go through all of them sadly. But uh, many people are asking a similar kind of thing in that who has impressed you most as a driver in the past 10 to 15 years? Who has stood out for you within the WRC?
0: Uh, without, without any doubt, it's uh, Sebastian Loeb. Yeah. Sebastian Loeb and uh, Sebastian, I will say what he did. Um, of, of course, Sebastian Ogier also because it's incredible the, what they have done. Uh, but uh, to see Sebastian Loeb uh, last year in Monte Carlo winning, winning after <laughs> having stopped, and what he has what he has done was for me just incredible. Mm-hmm. Really, when you know that you know he was in Dakar where you drive on the piste and you have all the road with you. You don't do so, much, so many tests, you have a new co-driver, you jump in this car and then suddenly you have the narrow of the road and you have to be so precise, precise, precise and uh, to beat them all, I mean this was for me incredible. I think it's, it, I would say it's a step.
1: It was certainly, it was hugely impressive, I loved that, that event. A lot of people asking if you had the option to get back in a car now a would you and b which car would it be
0: no i will not i will not uh, like it i don't think uh, the sport has changed so much it's uh, completely different i don't say it's better it's worse i i think just it's a different sport knowing the sport like it is today mm. i would like to, to start again i am happy i did it my time and uh, I am happy to see the way they are driving because, you know, when you follow all the the videos and you look carefully the way they drive and spectator around and everything, I mean, it's going incredibly fast, much of course much much faster than what we were doing. So I I respect and I admire the way they drive, but um, I don't think I will be interested to drive today.
1: And on that vein as well people are, are asking about what you see as as the future because you know we've had a regulation change we've gone to hybrid right now what do you see though as as the future in the next few years for for wrc and how we move forward because it has to evolve everything has to evolve
0: yeah everything has to evolve but um already I don't know. I don't know how it can be because what I can see, okay, from the technical side and the and the, the car we will have to drive. Okay, that it's not my 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 task. I think the hybrid is the, it's a good compromise. Um, I don't see it going to electric at all, but. Um, uh, I am more concerned for the rally themselves, you know, we have Mm -hmm. to be careful what to, you know, this sport without spectator will be, will will not exist anymore. So we have to be careful and uh, be conscious of uh, what we propose to them.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. To wrap things up, I cannot leave you without talking about the fabulous documentary about your life which was the Queen of Speed, which (laughs) I watched again the other night because it's such a good watch. And it it was so good, in fact, it won an Emmy. You were in America earlier this year to collect an Emmy for this documentary about your life. I mean, uh, Michelle, when they came to you and said, we want to talk about your life, I'm sure you were like, oh, again, everyone wants to talk to me about my life. (laughs) Exactly like you said to me, really? You want to hear it again? Um, but to have, you know, a camera crew come to your house and, and talk about everything. And what I found fascinating, (laughs) really fascinating was the fact that you kept your trophies in the shed. They had to... (laughs) <laughs> Fabrizio had them on beautiful display in these cases, and they were shiny yeah. and there were cobwebs on your trophy. Yeah. What was exactly. it like as an experience, though, making that documentary? Yeah,
0: you know, I, I did it. I accepted because for me, uh, I never wrote uh, any book. And um, maybe it was a mistake, but okay, for the moment, I didn't do it. And uh, so I wanted something to be left for my granddaughter um and i thought it was maybe the good uh, the good way to do it by with a film mm-hmm. so it was a difficult experience because you have to repeat and repeat and you have to to make your memory work and my memory is not very good especially when you know that what is past is finished it's behind me and i don't think so much about that but um but at the end i was happy that we did it and uh, yeah was successful and uh, we got this Hemi uh, Award uh, in New York. It was a great experience also. Yeah. So I am pleased. I mean, you know, it's like something you have done, you have finished and uh, I hope it will stay for my granddaughter.
1: Yeah, I, what a, you know, a legacy to leave behind for her to be able to watch and say, oh, it's my my grandmother was a badass you know, <laughs> is... because I, I watched it again like as I watched it last year I watched it this week and not that I ever forget your history but sometimes you need that refresh because yeah. I see you on every WRC event we, yes, we, yes, we yes. work together we've <laughs> we've been out for dinner together and then yeah. I watch this and it's like bloody hell Michelle Mouton <laughs> and you texted me immediately after I finished watching it and that freaked me out a bit. That was quite spooky, but you've done an incredible amount in your career. And I love the fact that you don't really, even though we've looked back today, you don't look back so much with rose tinted lenses or anything. You are very much a woman of the future and moving on every day. So yeah. what what is the future now for yourself? What do you see yourself doing in the next few years?
0: I have no idea. I nope, never nope, no anything. plan as ever huh? as ever you know i never had the contract time for three years never I, it was only one year we will see next year both we will see next year um it's the same i have no plan i don't know i don't know if i will stop if i don't stop i don't know i don't know but um what i want to enjoy is today you know i want to enjoy today doing what i am doing and i am still motivated and i am still uh, uh, feeling strong enough is not so difficult for me uh, so I am enjoying that and uh, trying to enjoy in between rallies to enjoy life and uh, see my family and uh, I am happy with that
1: and that sounds perfect to me Michelle thank you so much for chatting with me again about your life it, I think a lot of people out there who who don't know the backstory so much will be thrilled to have listened to all your words today, so thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Bex. For more great World Rally Championship content, head to WRC Plus. With its thousands of hours of archive footage and exclusive live programming, event review
1: shows and extensive onboards. Special features too on some of the legends of the sport. This is all available at WRCplus.com the digital online home of the World Rally Championship.